Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, British Brexiters? I'll see you tomorrow. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to the show. I, uh, you know, I was really excited. I was on the train, and I was very excited to come and uh, and do my intro. And I'm on the subway on Twitter, and I see the hashtag of a name. And as, as soon as I see it, the a name of a non celebrity trending on Twitter, I usually know it's not good. I either either they killed a bunch of people. Or it's usually black person killed unarmed. And uh, lo and behold, it's uh, Terrence Crutcher, which I'm sure many of you by now have uh, have read about or seen the disgusting video. And, and... so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little thrown off here. Okay, I don't. I was like, ah, I'm going to talk about some stuff. And uh, oh, Bo Burnham podcast. That was pretty cool. I'll tell him about it. Ooh, there's a spanking book. And but now I'm like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. Ugh. And then I saw the picture of the of the lady who shot him. And I'm just like, who the fuck let her be a police officer? Like, did she go be like, hi, I'd like to be a police officer? I'd be like, mm, maybe you should just be a librarian. We don't think you can. Just, I don't think anyone gave her the, does she clutch her purse when a black man approaches test? Very much doubt this North Tulsa woman would have passed it. It's just, I don't know. When shit like this goes down, I almost don't even want to say anything. I almost want to stop tweeting and just, I just start retweeting people. I just, I'm like, here, there are people who are way more qualified to talk about this than I am. There are people who actually experience this type of shit in their daily life. It's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit the retweet button and shut up. And uh, so I'm not going to expound on it other than go and, and read and read the points of view from, from black writers who maybe you never, paid attention to because you're like ah, i don't know how much i'm gonna like relate to their opinion on game of thrones but it's like you know what? maybe this this time you should check out what they're putting out there shit's disgusting uh i i, I was good i was good um i you know i went to what the float this weekend twice and that was dope there's just amazing like just amazing music you know and uh the second night was saturday night and it we started, we met up about like a half hour after the Chelsea explosion. So I am, I'm trying to enjoy the flow, but at the same time, I keep checking Twitter because I'm like, what the fuck else is wrong with the world? Uh, what do I need to know? But at the same time, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm scared walking through New York City, but I don't know how your, your cities are, but it's like, I still got shit to do. Like I'm, I'm going. You could tell me like, yeah, man, we got the whole place might blow up. I'll be like, yeah, but like, we don't have pizza in Brooklyn, so I'm gonna have to come over there, and I will I will face danger to get my shit done. I will face danger for a really good pizza. Yeah, <sighs> trying to be lighthearted, guys. Trying to have fun. I promise this week's podcast is actually really good. I've uh, I've got a great special guest. I've got on Dylan Birdsall. He's a filmmaker, and uh, he's behind the film V Card. Well, he's also he's also in front of the film uh, V Card. Film it is about him as a twenty something year old virgin, and exploring that topic. and uh, And we had a really great conversation. And uh, I'm actually in the documentary. No big deal. 
I lit- according to Dylan, uh, now that he's done all the final cuts, I literally have 15 seconds of fame, he said. So I'm looking forward to seeing that on the bigger screen. Oh, here's another thing to check out. I just started this book, and my it's blowing my dick off. It's amazing, and uh, I'm really hoping uh, that she will do the podcast. I've We've done like a preliminary reaching out, and hopefully she will still be interested by the time I get back from London. But Jillian Keenan is a writer in New York. She's, you know, in her mid to late 20s. And she wrote this book called Sex with Shakespeare. And she is a spanking fetishist. And it's just like, it's not even the content. Look, a lot of people write books about sex because sex sells. Look, I have a sex podcast. It sells kind of a little bit, right? And so a lot of the times when I pick up a book and it's going to be about sex, especially if it's a memoir, which is the most self-important thing you can do is be like, I'm literally going to write a book about myself. A lot of times I, I take a lot of it with a grain of salt and I'm like, all right, well, maybe th- I always assume the content's going to be better than the writing itself. But this is a uh, very different. Uh, Jillian is a brilliant writer. Whole nine pages in, I am texting friends like this book is amazing. It's my favorite thing I'm going to read all year. I know I just ranted uh, last week about a book, but that was like a that's a textbook. That's not a that's not a leisure book. That is a book to help learn and educate if for your leisure. You need to read Sex with Shakespeare. I'm about 100 pages in, and just my mind's blown. She's just such a good writer. She could write a Trump speech, and I'd still be interested. That's her, like just the way she uses words. Oh, my God. It gives me just this like literary heart-on. Jillian Keenan, Sex with Shakespeare. Uh, I'm not getting paid to say that. It, I didn't even get the book for free, but you need to read it. It's uh, it's phenomenal, and it's, it's about again, it's about her um, spanking fetish, and she ties it to Shakespeare in this really brilliant fashion, and she she dumbs down Shakespeare just enough for someone like me to understand. Um, so it, really cool, check that out. But this week's guest is Dylan Birdsell, and a really good guy. I met, you know, we we accidentally linked on Twitter, couple like a couple years ago. I recently started the show. The show is very new. I hadn't even done the porno with Sarah J yet, you know, it was like very, very new. And we linked, we we met up at the comic strip in New York and we hung out for a little bit and we hung out a couple more times. We, we stayed in touch. He was still shooting the documentary. And now that the doc is finished, uh, we, we I wanted to have him on the podcast and have him share his story and his thoughts on virginity and sexuality and sex education in this country. It's a really fun conversation. Uh, he's a cool, nice guy. You know, you're going to listen to this being like, man, how is he still a virgin? He sounds great. In which case you should email him and fuck him. If you're, uh, you know, a cis lady, because that just happens to be what he's into right now. I mean, he's a virgin. Who knows? Maybe he tries pussy. He's like, Ugh, and then, then, you know, he accidentally comes across some cock. He's like, oh, this was the answer the whole time. And, and and please keep, you know, emailing me, tweeting at me when you like a guest, because uh, that lets me know what type of people to book. I'm so happy you all loved uh, these the recent string of porn episodes. I was very self-conscious. I was worried some of you would be like, man, he's just having a lot of porn stars on. This is boring. But, you know, you all really seem to like April Flores. Of course, you all love Nina Hartley. A lot of you all love Buck Angel. Uh, I'm glad they've gotten such great positive feedback on Kelsey Obsession. So now that I know you're into that, you know, I, uh, I'll i see. In 2017, you'll see some porn stars again. Unless, like, I get a massive flux 
influx of emails going like, please, no, we've had enough. I don't. I'm going to keep talking to people I find interesting. I find Dylan very interesting. Let's go listen. Oh, by the way, are you in a relationship now? Yeah, I got like, a girlfriend, you got a dude. Girlfriend? It took yeah. you for fucking goddamn ever to get one of what? those. What? I uh, they, you don't go to the store and just pick one up, uh, sadly. So no, you don't. But I mean, like it'd been shit. I I met you two years ago. Now. Well, I haven't had one since I was nineteen. I mean, I, I, I had I've, one girlfriend when I was freshman year of college, and then that was it. Never had one ever. So you you haven't had a lot of things. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's very true. But uh, yeah, I mean. Are we recording now? Yeah, we can be. All right. <laughs> Let's get into it, well, I guess. I'm here with Dylan Birdsall. Am I saying your last name right? Birdsall, yeah. yeah. You're right. Dylan Birdsall, uh, f- uh, virgin and filmmaker behind the V-Card. Yeah, V-Card the film. That V-Card is, the film. Oh, okay. That is what it is. Yeah. Which you are in. I am. I, I was about to say, I thought, I think I, I have a feeling I got cut out. No, you're in. You're in for about... 15 seconds i will fucking take it with no i mean that's a that's a good <laughs> like i mean like when you're you're lucky that we we have we we did cut out quite a few people that we interviewed just because like not that they didn't give good material but right. when you're making a movie you're like you're you're crafting a story and sometimes the stuff you get just doesn't work within the confines of that story uh we, i mean and we've had you had some uh some former man Whore podcast guests uh yeah no, in I, your in your doc yeah christina hutchinson we've got yeah. Angela Cobb. Yes. She made it in. Uh, Nina Hartley. Yes. Did you did you talk to Buck Angel? No, we did speak to Sarah J. Though. Sarah J. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've, we we had a whole little cavalcade of people that we both knew and met. Actually, Sarah J. remembered you. She was so... Sarah J. is so nice. All porn stars that I've met have been so nice, except for Stoya. She was not super nice. Oh, I, uh, I, there's a one who I'm not going to name names, but she's, uh, she attempts to do stand-up comedy, and she's been very not nice to me. Um... <laughs> I don't even really know why. She's just like, you're creepy and you're a fake feminist. I'd be like, we don't talk, but okay. Uh, but yes, RJ, sweetheart, fucking yeah, doll no, of a person. Yeah, super nice. Like, we we went to Exotica for the movie. Like, we uh, a big part of the movie was making sure that we talked to people of all different kind of sexual backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So we we tried to talk to relig- religious figures. Sadly, no one, none of them wanted none? to. None? None. We, uh-huh. we tried to reach out to imams and priests and all, and they didn't want what we were selling but i thought they could have that would be a great opportunity for them to pitch it would have been hey virginity it's not that bad yeah we were trying that's if you don't count little boys it's not that bad we were trying to go for that but they 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 didn't seem to pick up what we were putting down but i mean we got we have moms dads aunts uncles porn stars your friends friends like yeah we've got so many different walks of like sex therapists uh sex teachers we've got so many different views on what sexuality is in this movie as it pertains to virginity in a modern time uh and uh, we're about we're in late stage editing we should we're putting in like animations and music now so we should be done hopefully by the middle of september but yeah. you know i've been working on it for three years and it looks amazing like not to toot my own not to toot my own horn the film came out really really well it's a uh, it's funny and thought-provoking and like heartfelt and you know it's for those of you who don't know it's uh it's about me uh i'm 25 years old now we started making it when i was 22 uh and i'm a virgin i've never had sex before ever anything yeah i mean the most i had done is is like make out with someone no no hand jobs no blow jobs no nothing and it's not because i'm religious no titty Uh, sucking 
I did do some titty sucking yeah, in my okay, ear. Okay. In my ear. In your that, youth. In that did happen. In the uh, early days. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm not religious. I'm an atheist. But it was just one of those things where I was very uncomfortable with He's women. not religious, but he is a cartoon. He is a comic book guy. Yeah. I don't know if that plays a factor or not. And movies. Like, like those are my religion. Like, if geekery ever becomes a religion, I guess that could work. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I was a, uh, women, like, scared me. I think that what it was what it was. Like, mm-hmm. I had an idea of what women should be and when they didn't live up to that idea i shot myself in the foot what was that idea of what a woman should and i hate the word should but what what did you think a woman should be i don't know if it was like i i maybe it wasn't should be it was more like i would build up expectations in my head like if there was a girl who i was attracted to i would be like I'm going to ask that girl out and she's going to say yes and we're going to go on dates and it's going to be awesome but like you know, 99.9% of the time I'd ask that girl out and she'd just be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. Would, and I would be like, all of those ideas and expectations that I had in my head would like shatter. Oh, uh, I thought you meant like you had an idea of what an ideal woman is. And then you, you would find excuses to not ask someone out because you'd find out like something about her. Oh, uh, no. I mean, sometimes that happens. Like, yeah, sometimes the girl of your dreams turns out to be the nightmare of your dreams. Right? Yeah. Like, but like the whole thing, that type of view, the way the way I was going about things, a very immature view. It's mm. not really it's it's fantasizing, not actually really talking to somebody, really seeing who that person is and really getting to know someone because right. a fantasy is always going to be better than a reality usually like because a fantasy is something that you make up on your own you don't need you don't need any outside influence but you know everybody's got baggage everybody's got you know things that make them unattractive or unappealing like everybody is flawed in a way uh and fantasies usually don't include those flaws well at 22 when you started doing the documentary how did you how were you feeling about being a virgin at 22 because according to most studies you know the the average american now tends to lose like the median average is around 17 yep so you know roughly senior year of of high school we've got yeah we've got some statistics in the movie that uh uh yeah the the average age is about 17 to 18 Mm -hmm. and uh i was i was not happy that i was a virgin i was actually really uh upset that I was still a virgin at 22. I kind of hated the fact that I was a virgin. Like I would kind of hide behind like humor and stuff like that. But on the inside, I was, I was very upset that I was getting rejected so much by women, but it was, I was also doing stuff to become very rejectable. Like I would go into situations where I'd be like, I'd walk into a party and I'd just be like, I'm not going to get laid tonight. I'm like, of course you're not going to get laid. If you've got an attitude like that, so shitty. But, um, but yeah, I had a lot of self-confidence issues and a lot of like, my own personal stuff. I'm a little bit of a bigger gentleman, mm. uh, which, you know, there's nothing wrong You're with that. You're a big slice of pie. I am. I'm a, You're tasty when they get to it, but I they, am. Uh, sometimes I'm, it's a little intimidating for people. Right, yeah. They're I mean, like, I'm, that's a lot of pie. I don't think I can handle I'm it. I'm 6'4", like <laughs> 250 six plus, so it's like, you know, I'm a giant man. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, 22, I, I hated that I was a virgin, and I, I didn't know anybody else who was a virgin at that point. All of my friends had had sex. A lot of my friends, you know, when you're 22, you, you, your friends kind of start to get into maybe more serious relationships, like, you know, been together for years instead of months. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your other friends who are like fucking every weekend, depending on like what they're doing. And then, Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. And then there's, <laughs> and then there's me like 
that would be cool if I could do that, but I I don't know how to do that. Women scare me slash I'm ups like do do women still scare you? Not so much dude, anymore. They still terrify me. No, I mean like it, it. But that's the thing. It's like it's I've stopped thinking about them as like women, and I've just started. They're people. Like you can talk to an individual, and you are either going to gel with that people individual. People scare me, dude. I don't want to talk to anybody. No, nah, I mean, like, people on the whole are... I mean, humanity on the whole is horrible, but individuals are usually pretty good if mm-hmm. you get to know them. Yeah, I don't know. I never... Like, I don't approach women at bars. I remember, I think, early on in our friendship, you had asked me, like, what do you do? I'd be like, I don't talk to women at bars. I don't go, like, up to a chick at a coffee shop. I don't like to intrude on someone's day, you know, and be like, oh, my dick... Yeah, I definitely, there's definitely a thing. I've stopped doing that. And I think it's more New York than it is anywhere else. Cause I think everybody in New York is just upset all the time <laughs> that they have to interact with other people <laughs> in the city. It's so weird. It's a city filled with like some of them. I've met some of the most interesting, fascinating, fun people that I've ever met in my life. But like meeting them was like a gauntlet. Like you had to go uh, through a bunch of different steps before you could start hanging out with people. And I've, and I've lived in a bunch of different towns in my life. You're Some, originally from where again? I was born in Connecticut. I lived there for three years and I lived in Maine in a town of less than a thousand for seven years. And I lived in two different towns in Florida, which were, we're going to you know, go with bit Florida bit then for like yeah. your teenage, my teenage years, years. Yeah. My formative years, uh, Florida. Mm. Uh, and in there I lived in Japan for a little while too. So I bet I get around. Okay. He gets around. Uh, so, so bring us back. You said you'd made out with, so what, what were your earlier interactions with women, your attempts, other than the like going up to a girl asking her out? Cause we've all had that and getting rejected. That's basically me from the age of, you know, 12 to 17. Um, yeah. I, so I think we can all relate to No, that. I think everybody, and well, the whole reason I made the movie was cause I think everybody can relate to the story that I'm telling. It's like right. you have been or are a virgin at some point in your life. And we do talk about sex all the time. But going back to my earlier experiences with women, I had a lot of uh, harsh rejection. Like, I've had women uh, laugh in my face when I've asked them out. I've had women look disgusted when I've asked them out. And uh, there's a story that we tell in the movie that I, I don't want to reveal here. But it, it's it was one of my formative moments. Uh and it really fucked me up for a really long time. It made me really distrustful of It's women. the scene like in the beginning of the movie of your life before they like flash forward to present day Dylan. And yeah. that's and it's you in a bar and, and you want to go talk to a girl, but you remember that fucking cunt Jessica from seventh grade. It wasn't seventh grade. It wasn't yeah. seventh grade. It yeah. wasn't seventh that's grade. That's usually when it is. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, it was uh So yeah, I would say that women became you know, and also I started watching porn at a super young age, like 11. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're getting all these mixed messages, like, because porn is amazing, and I do totally support porn, but I will admit that maybe if you look at it too early, you kind of get expectations that you maybe shouldn't get about how sex is and about how we go about things sexually. And, of course, as a man, you can get insecure about your body just as a woman can because you're sure. like, my dick isn't that big. Like, See, for me, that- the body thing isn't about my dick. And maybe it's because, like, I'm maybe my to be having, like, an average-ish dick cancels that out for me. But for me, it's the abs. It's the pecs. It's the... I'm not that thin. Oh, I don't... Like, That's why I get... I don't worry about that on. so much. Like, I worry about my penis size I or I used to worry about my penis size a lot more. Like the more research you what, do, what, what are you working with with the cock? Five and a half inches. Five and a half and inches. And a girth of like, like 
I'm average. Like I am across the board, board average. average. Like everything is like literally just a like a regular. Who dick. measures girth? I mean, I didn't. I didn't even know that was a thing you're supposed to measure until I started seeing studies. And then I started being like, ah, oh, now what? Oh, now I gotta go buy a fucking tape measure, dude. Apparently, that's the thing that the ladies like. More ladies than like length. it, but yeah. I, yeah, but you never see a woman in like her ad give inches in girth that she requires. Right. Well, but she the, goes like she'll use her words. She's like she wants it thick, but uh, you know, you never see be like I need it to be four and a half inches around. I'd be like, right. I don't well, fucking I know. I think length is easier to like see. You know, it's it's easier right. to like. Oh man, he's got a huge dick because it's as long as my arm or whatnot. But apparently, you know, if you've got a dick like a Coke can, you're actually probably better off. Well, for me, I just meant like uh, I own a ruler. I don't own a tape measure. And so if I want to get that measurement, I got to well, go buy more implements. No, you don't have to do that at all. What you do is you just take take a piece of string uh-huh. and wrap it around your dick and like touch the two ends together and then cut that string uh, and then put it on a tape measure. That sounds like so much work. Not, not when you're like, not when you're worried about like, am I big enough? Yeah. You'll find a way. <laughs> I just figured like, you know what? If I'm not big enough, I'm going to get really good at eating pussy. Yeah. No, that was like, my game plan. The thing is up. like, uh, one of the best things about making the movie is like, I've had to do tons and tons and tons of research on mm. sexuality, on lovemaking, on just things that are about sex and like the more information that you get about sex and it's one of the worst things that our country does is like we have such a horrible sex education system here in the u.s it's it's fucking deplorable but the more information you gather about sex the more you realize that like there's no set thing that gets anybody off everybody is different everybody has a different kink everybody has a different fetish everybody has a different thing that makes them come some men can't come from a blowjob some women can't come through vaginal penetration some men don't like anything but some men like to be tied up and have the shit kicked out of them like that's the way that they get off everybody is on a completely different spectrum Mm -hmm. and that means that there is also probably going to be somebody out there who is also on your spectrum there's no taboo. That was one of the best things I learned from the movie. There is literally zero taboo. As soon as we all start talking about Except it. Except for kids. That might be the the one. Which is the, the only reason the things are taboo is because we don't talk about it. So if more people were taught, you know, uh, threesomes used to be taboo. You remember Chasing Amy in the mid-90s, early 90s? Yeah. He talked about threesome like it was just like, oh my gosh. And now threesome's just like, yeah, for his birthday, I gave him a threesome. Like, it's yeah. just like a very... It's, it's like I could have gotten him a PlayStation or a threesome. Like it's, it's just, becoming a lot more normal, and I very. think that's an amazing thing. And I, I think more projects like your podcast mm-hmm. and the Guys We Fucked podcast, and hopefully my movie. Like any time that we can open up a bigger dialogue about sexuality, I think that is a good, mm-hmm. healthy thing, especially for us in in this country. Like Europe, they seem to have it pretty on lock. They yeah. kind of know what they're doing. Certain parts of Asia are also like that but i don't know dude we're we're the most puritanical country in the world when it comes to our like evangelical beliefs but we're also like one of the largest porn consuming countries in the world as well so we've got we got a lot of repression well happening. you know look at any of the, every time pornhub releases that map of like the most searched key terms in each state you know like some yeah. of the most conservative states are just searching for gay porn yeah it's a bunch <laughs> of closet dudes uh who have to be self-hating gays just searching it on the down low. Yeah, there's actually an amazing documentary about that called Outrage. It's all about. Yeah, I loved Outrage. Yeah, uh, it's also. I just rewatched it with Paige and uh, a friend, a couple of her friends. It was interesting watching it now because it's from like right before the cusp of all the fucking gay right. Um, yeah, 
uh, gay marriage states coming in. So it was interesting watching it in that context because the way they make it seem like it's almost going to be hopeless. And then like yeah, right no. around the corner is uh, we now we're that. now now gay men can adopt babies in all fifty states. Yeah, all gay that men just can came donate in. blood, or, or mm-hmm. it's about to donate blood. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. we've come such we've come a long way since that documentary. But that documentary is a a perfect example of self hating gays mm-hmm. uh, sabotaging an entire group yeah. of people because they're they're repressed, they're afraid of their sexuality, right. they're afraid of what makes them you know a sexual person. And like, don't get me wrong. There are some kinks that you might not want to reveal to other people, but mm. you shouldn't you shouldn't be ashamed of yourself about it. Like, you know what? If it takes you injecting saline into your testicles for you to feel good, like don't talk. Go, I just don't want to talk about it. it. Can we not bring up sounding? Because that just sounds it, the saline injection is like right next to sounding, and sounding makes me go. Uh. <laughs> I, I had to get tested for gonorrhea, and uh, they she did the she did the fucking cotton swab. She's like, well, you know, it's after that time of the day where your piss is most accurate. So we're going to have to go in like it's, you know, the 1920s. And she she put a fucking cotton swab in my urethra. Uh, and she's like, oh, it's going to hurt a bit. And I was like, motherfucker. That's more than uh, a, that's more than a bit. And then afterwards, I had to go pee. And I was so scared to pee after having it. Cause is this going to hurt coming back out? And uh yeah, that was a lot of anxiety. Yeah, no, I uh, that I, I after all that pain, I was kind of like, this better be come out fucking positive. Like, I, <laughs> I better have gonorrhea if, if if I'm getting a fucking cotton swab in my dick. Well, I mean, I just recently joined uh, FetLife, which is like the fetish community's website. Yeah, you like... you've talked to me about like your interest in FetLife. What's your deal? That because as a virgin, you know what's uh, well, I'm like you could you could get in the fetish things and still not technically lose your virginity. That's true. Like I'm a I don't want to say I'm hypersexual, but like I I'm very sexual. I like sex. I think I do, or at least you know I haven't had it all the way yet. But like sexual things do, in, I do enjoy them. I enjoy them. Do you a have lot. kinks? Do you have fetishes? Uh, I mean, you know, they're like, I guess they're like the quote unquote regular ones. Like I, re- I really like big tits, like okay. big tits really, I really like tattoos and like, those sound on, like preferences, but do you have like a, like a fet, like, um, I guess some people would call a fetish something that's, uh, not having to do with like, I guess like a paraphernalia type I of thing. I guess Asians maybe, but that's still a preference. Still a preference. Like, yeah, no, I, no, I don't like, I mean, like, do you, do you, are you in anything that requires you go shopping for accessories not yet not yet but who knows i mean maybe anal play mm-hmm. potentially on like, yourself yeah like, oh, i'll do the prostate's a fun time dude yeah prostate feels fucking yeah. great so i guess i guess if i had a fetish that i'm working with right now it'd be anal play but yeah i'm not really into feet i don't really want people to tie me up i don't like pain so much like mm-hmm. you know i deal with pain in other ways i'd rather not do it when i'm sure. fucking someone mm-hmm. um but i totally understand why other people do need that to get off like it's it's not so much about the pain it's about like the dominance right. and all that other stuff now with the documentary now of course we're, we're calling you a virgin in a very like heteronormative type of way meaning you haven't had you know not having penis and vagina yes, sex in a do extremely heteronormative <laughs> fashion i have not had heterosexual penal and vaginal sex yet but how um do you all explore the various definitions of sex quote unquote uh because for example you know like the way you know like a same-sex cup like two women might uh might identify sex as a different thing to a degree yeah we kind of do talk about chasing amy conversation we kind (laughs) of talk about what virginity is we we interviewed quite a few gay men about like what it's like to be gay in the uh, gay and because you know being gay is 
not only uh, it's a lifestyle, but it's also like what you are as a person. And you know, I would say that a lot of gay culture is around the idea that you are having lots of sex. So right, we, that, yeah. we kind of, we kind of uh, talk about that a little bit in the movie. We tried to interview some lesbians, but once again, they weren't too forthcoming. Like we, oh, wow. they'd like, we didn't get a lot of, well, their... you look like every troll who has yelled at them on the internet. Probably like, like yeah, that's and, true. And that was something I wrote. That was that you had like this prototype, you have the backstory of a guy who should be a woman-hating troll online harassing women. Oh, I should be the, totally red pill. I right. should absolutely. You're you're a dude who's been shunned by the ladies uh, despite wanting to, and you think you're a really nice guy, and so you don't understand why you're still a virgin. And uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't just be yelling at and doing rape threats on Twitter. No, the difference is I do know why I'm a virgin yeah. and I don't resent women for not picking me. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm the like opposite end of that spectrum. Instead of getting like I for a very long time, I've dealt with depression and you know, very some pretty serious suicidal tendencies like I don't know if I hate myself, but I did for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So. Whenever a woman would would reject me, it wasn't her fault. It was my fault because I wasn't enough. Like I wasn't enough of a man. I wasn't good looking enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't. That's in your mind. Yeah, that's in because, my mind. Because the way I see it, it's not anyone's fault. It's just probably not the best connection. Right. Yeah. Well, it took me a really long time in making this movie to see that it is about that. Like it, it the movie was a giant therapy session. Right. Essentially, it's it's three years of me seeing myself sabotage what could have been fine interactions, but because I was going into it with a extremely toxic headspace, I was fucking myself over. Like and we've got, we've got video confessionals of me like coming home and saying like, it really is amazing to see yourself on camera, fucking yourself over. It's, it's pretty and impressive. What were some specific ways you fucked yourself over? Once again, like I, like I said, I, I would go into parties and be like, I would already have a negative attitude that the party wasn't, I wasn't mm -hmm. going to meet anybody at the party that was good or, or when I would, uh, you know, online dating did not work very well for me. And it still doesn't work well for me to a certain degree because, uh, it's a bit superficial and I haven't really found anybody on there who I, who I've connected with. I can't remember this, the app, but there's site, there are some apps kind of like a Tinder, but you don't see a picture right away. You're swiping on the profile first. So you're, you're like, you're swiping on words before you, and then if you match, then you both see pictures. That's pretty cool. And I mean, let's also not deny that, you know, I'm, I don't want to say I'm as shallow as the next guy, but I've got things that uh, I'm attracted to sure. and things that I don't. And, you know, for better or for worse, it just wasn't going my way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also have I have my best friend, Matt, who's also in the movie, who helped me make the movie, introduced me to the guys who filmed it. Uh, he's very good looking. He's kind of like the opposite version of me. Like okay. He's super good looking, good with women, has always been in relationships and whatnot. And uh, he was giving me a lot of advice throughout the, the course of the film. And I, and I was like, it wasn't. I wasn't hearing it because I was still being too self-centered. But uh, once again, watching it back on film really reinforced a lot of stuff. So, so yeah, the the movie has a, a lot of highs and a lot of lows on me, like personally. Like it's it's a real, it's a fucking journey. It's a three year journey of my life. I feel you, dude. This, like this show, this podcast, in a similar way, was a journey of my life. I was a dude who was single, didn't know why he was single. Because I was getting laid, but no one wanted to date me. And so I was like, let's go find out why. 
And, you know, through conversations with my exes, you know, you start to learn more and more. It's And again, it's like, you know, for me, I'm not watching myself on film, but I'm listening to, right. you know, hours of conversation I'm having and being like, wow, like this is interesting. Or I didn't realize I thought that way or. You yeah, know, it's, it about? changes. It completely changes your work when you put a mirror up to yourself and really look at it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like kind of look at it like when you're doing it, what you're doing on this podcast or what I'm doing on the movie, like. You're really looking at yourself in a very critical light. And for a lot of people, that can be super intimidating and super scary. But for other people, it can really show you where your shortcomings are and make you want to improve as a person. Or at least that's what it was for me. Like the movie made me want to get better at being confident. The movie made me want to get better at not taking rejection rejection so personally and not seeing every rejection as like, you know, the end all be all. Like just because one woman rejects you doesn't mean that every woman on the right. fucking planet's going to reject you, which was like my original mindset. I was like if if I got there's I, somebody for there's at least 7 people for everybody. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean the world's a big place. <laughs> like well, if you go with like one, are we at eight billion yet, or is it still seven billion? Uh, I think we're right on the cusp of eight. So. Okay, then there's eight. Yeah, I mean, look, if there's you know one in a billion, there's got to be at least uh, yeah, there's got to be eight people. For I think you. no, there's there's hundreds for one person. Like huh? they're like there has to be like now love on the other hand, like my definition of love is like completely different. Like I think you can be infatuated with hundreds thousands of people in your life but love i think that's maybe that's like your one in eight sort of situation like my parents have been together for 36 years and like i'm still in awe of how in love they are still like i don't know how the fuck they do it like they found their person you know and like they found the person that they want to spend all their time with and i have not found that person yet and actually i I'm a super loner. Like, I love being alone. Being alone is so nice. Like, mm-hmm. it feels so good to not have to be maybe beholden to other people. Yeah. L- so, last night, I almost left my girlfriend. Like, at the end of the night, we almost parted ways. She wanted me to come over. I was like, I'm going to see you tomorrow night. Tonight, I, in my in my head, of, I don't say this out loud, but in my head, I'm like, there's a bag of potato chips I really want to spend some time with. <laughs> Need some meat time. I really, really want some time with carbs. Yeah. Like, so I think that, that is the same for me. It's like my, I value my alone time. I think right now Uh, in my life, maybe more than I value being in a relationship. And it it took me making the movie to see that that is 100% okay. Now try to answer this one as honestly as you can, but what are your standards for the person you lose your virginity to? Like, are you still holding out for love or is there is this no. like whoever says yes first or no, definitely oh, not holding out for love. And we can also I'm, go into how, you know, we've brought we, we've talked about this privately multiple times of whether or not a sex worker would just be a good uh, first time for you. Yeah. A sex worker was on the table for for a really long time. I, I feel like I when I talked to you like two months ago, that was on the table. Yeah, I, I've definitely it, it's definitely an, it's still an option. Like, so, that's the thing. It's like it's always an option. Yeah. yeah like I. For me, when it comes to losing my virginity, I, I ideally just want to meet someone who I'm physically attracted to enough mm-hmm. and who is also just like understands what I'm working with as a virgin and accepts that about me and is like, let's let's have se- let's explore this together. Let's make it, you know, let's do this thing together instead of it being like a sex worker, which you're kind of like. I'm going to pay you. We're going to have sex. And that's not the, and once again, that's not the worst thing in the world. And like, if I don't, 
But, you know, a good sex worker, it's not just you're going to pay her and then you're just going to have sex. Like, ideally, a good escort is going to, like, give you a good experience. It's Well, yeah, to, that yeah. was that was my whole thing. On the other hand, it's super, like, to get a good escort, it's super expensive. Yeah. So, Gotta do your research. But I'm good at finding deals. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so the thing is, when it comes to losing my virginity, right now, I, I've, I'm so... I've never been more happy to be a virgin. Like I've, I've come to accept my virginity. Like the movie is like, it's almost like a good thing that I still am a virgin. Um, but yeah, when it comes to losing my virginity, it's like if I could just find somebody who would be cool with sleeping with me. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. (laughs) Are you, are you nervous about what that first time would be? I I mean, kind of. I, I like. Obviously, there's the expectation that I've built up in my mind. Have you been doing Kegels? I mean, like, are you ready? <laughs> uh, I think so. Like, but who the fuck knows? I mean, also, that's the thing. Everybody that we've talked to, like, everybody's first time is, like, different. And every sexual encounter is different. Like, mm-hmm. your partner can dictate what's going to, you know, it's, it is a different experience every time you go into a sexual encounter, especially with a new person that you've never known before. So I, what I'm trying to do is kind of go into it with no expectations, mm-hmm. trying to just be like, if it's going to happen, I want to just be present and, you know, focus on her a little bit, too. You don't want to be selfish. Right. Uh, and, you know, ideally, just just try and have a good time and not put any other put any other things on it i don't need to come i don't need to make her come it like i just need to like i said be present i just need to appreciate it as it's happening okay are you a little so now the the documentary you said is uh basically done right yeah it's very close very close to being finished and then uh goes in the festivals is there a part of you and then ideally after festivals you know maybe it ends up on a netflix or hulu or something yeah i mean we're right now we're we're gonna do some test screenings in new york just to see how it plays right um and one of the reasons why i'm doing the podcast besides wanting to talk to you and whatnot is just because like we need to raise awareness about the movie like we uh some festivals really do look at your like twitter followers and your facebook followers and like don't get me wrong a movie can still get in but if you've got a big audience it makes the festival a lot happier to have you uh in there um and uh to all the listeners that live in New York, and I'm sure there are quite a few, like we could use some impartial judges. Mm. We could use some people on these test screenings that we're probably going to do in October to like, you know, we're obviously going to show the movie to my friends and family and stuff like that. But I'd love to get other sure. people's opinions about what it's like. Not that we would probably tweak it too much, but, you know, it's good to know your audience. It's okay. good to. And also, like, you have a great platform of people who are pro sexuality, pro all this other stuff. Like I think my movie kind of appeals. Oh to yeah, you guys. absolutely. I think they would like you too. So I, uh, so I mean, it's also again, why I have you on, uh, you're also in it. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. You guys show up to see me for the 15 seconds. Uh, no, but no. Uh, and then contact me if you're interested in that and we'll, we'll hook you all up to, to come to a screening. But you know, is there part of you in when this movie gets to the wider audience? Uh, is a little nervous about having your sex or lack of sex life out there. Because like when I started this podcast, I had to come to terms with like, okay, I'm about to put this shit to the world. It was <laughs> it was when we first started filming. I'll, I'll admit the the movie almost didn't get off the ground because I was like, I don't know if I want to be known as the virgin for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But then I I was like, the crazy thing is nobody's done this movie yet. I haven't seen a movie like this before. I've never seen a project like this before. 
and I'm okay with who I am as a person. And and if I felt like if I didn't do it, maybe nobody would, mm. and that would be a fucking travesty. So I think it's more important that other people see that it's okay that you're a virgin, or see mm-hmm. that it's okay to be a sexual person, or see that it's okay that your fetish is not weird, than to just like hide in a you know, for lack of a better term, hide in a closet and just try and keep that information from people. Right. So it's important. It's really, it's actually, it became, it became more important to me than protecting my like, oh my God, people might know I'm a virgin. And also the thing is like, well, I, I feel if like- the movie comes out, I probably won't be a virgin for much longer. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you get, know, I'm sure the, I'm sure somebody pu- will see yeah, I'm sure somebody will see it and be like, oh, fuck that guy. Some fan pussy, man. Yeah. You know, some some, uh, some Twitter tits. Hey, I'm OK with that. Uh, I am very OK. My listeners know I always welcome unsolicited booby pictures. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and unsolicited dick pics. You have to write my name in Sharpie on your cock. That's the only way I'm happy with it. Um, I mean, <laughs> if you want to promote the movie with your dick, I, I won't. You can fit. I won't tell you to stop. A lot of as the well endowed folks, you can fit man whore podcasts on there. If you're a little shorter, you can definitely fit V card. V card easily, yeah, easily fit that on a dick. <laughs> that is a five inch dick slogan. If I've ever heard one, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dick writing is is quite fun. I I was in a fight with Paige and my my girlfriend, and uh, so just out of nowhere, I just I took out a sharpie. I I, I got. I think I wasn't fully hard, but you know, I, I had good blood flow. And right. I just wrote pages, like with an apostrophe S on there. <laughs> and I, instead of like just trying to keep saying sorry or like continue with the argument, I just sent her that picture and all smiley faces. She, Cause you know what? I, I know my girl and I know that's what you figured out. You guys are in an open relationship too, right? We are in an open relationship. I now. think that's awesome. We talked to, we talked to a couple who's in an open relationship and they had one of those healthiest views on like their sexuality that of almost anybody that we talked to on the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I think, I think it's quite fun. I mean, right now what we're doing is we're not opening it up romantically. So what the, basically the one restriction I had was like, we are each other's priority and we're, you know, obviously you go on dates with people before you fuck them sometimes. Uh, but in terms of like romantically, do emotionally, <laughs> so I do plenty of times, plenty of times. Um, so I was like, let's only do the emotional romantic connection with us for now and not like seek other ones. Cause I'm yeah. right, right now I need to keep it kind of simple. So you're like, you can have the physical, but I need you to, to hit me emotionally. No, just more like we can fuck and play with other people just in terms of like priorities and boyfriend, girlfriend status relationships. I, I would rather that just be us for now. Right. Like I said, yeah. you allow Not her like, to, you allow her to do physical things with other people. But oh, yeah. when it comes to like emotions, I would like to I'm see you this weekend, maybe not for sex, but to talk you're she's got to take priority for that. I mean, yeah, we're, we, we're definitely always the priority to each other in general, but also just in terms of like not going to get another boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. That's By the way, I she's meant. real yeah. cute, bro. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. She's, she's adorable. Damn like redheads. Her. We like her. Um, I wouldn't call her redhead. I don't know. It's pretty red. Is it, is it red? If it's the chick in all the photos you're with that you're saying my girlfriend, by the way, you need to cut down on that a little bit. What? Facebook. Come on, bro. We know you got a girlfriend. We know you're happy. Well, now I'm writing. Well, now I have jokes. You know, it's like, uh, that's the next step when you're a comic. If you get, you're in a relationship, then you start writing jokes on it. It's true. The first one I came up with, uh, hopefully is I've had that joke in mind for years, the open relationship joke. But I haven't figured out a way to do it. And then this time I came up with a different spin. And I think it's working. I go like, uh, 
I'm in an open relationship. That means my girlfriend has sex with other men, and I pretend to be okay with it. Uh, it's good. It's a good one-liner. Hope, so. hoping, hoping that sticks. Yeah, it'll work out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, open relationship. I, I think it's. I think it's fine. I think it's fun. It's good times. Yeah, as long as the two people are mature enough to realize that you can have sex with other people and still be emotionally invested in somebody else, yeah, that's one hundred percent fine. Yeah, dude. I I think uh, I think if, uh, you'll definitely if, if this if this documentary gets on like Netflix, you're gonna get flooded with emails of people like, "Can I please have sex with you?" Mm-hmm. Yep. Please let me be the first one, and then you have to be like, "Actually, now you'd be like number four. I'm so sorry." I mean. But please, yes, still. A little white lie never hurt anyone. Oh, no. <laughs> Just role play virginity? Yeah. Like, I mean, I I'll, I would be truthful with them, though. I'd be mm-hmm. like, no, I, I've already had sex. But they're like, no, tell me you haven't. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I totally haven't. Yeah. What, uh, what was something, you know, you did a lot of research for this movie. So what was something that really shocked you that you discovered or learned? God. Um... I don't know. There's so much stuff. I would probably be like, maybe the amount of money that we spend uh, per year on dating. The average person spends close to $800 a year just trying to date people. That's an average. That's like including like like the dinners and stuff? That's dinners, online mm-hmm. dating, flowers, all this other stuff. And it's a $82 billion a year industry. So we, as a society, have a lot invested in you not fucking people, <laughs> like trying to fuck people like that is what the like $82 billion a year. And bro. that's not even that's not even counting dating while in a relationship. That's like the trying yeah, to that's find trying to find someone we spend. Uh, the average person spends close to $800 a year on date. Shit. I'm a cheap ass then. Yeah. No, uh, that was I think my my I probably spent about like 80. Uh <laughs> Per year. It's like, I know a cheap bar. I know a cheap That was bar. definitely one of my favorite. Actually, a great Aziz Ansari had an amazing book uh, yeah. called Modern Romance. And mm-hmm. we pulled a lot of facts from that book. That book is anybody listening to this podcast. Obviously, you, you like sex. Yeah. Uh, pick it up. It's a really it's a really solid book about whether, modern sexuality. What other books did you check out? Oh, there was this book written. Uh, it was called Virgin. It's a it's a look at virgin history. Uh, okay. We used a lot of research from the Kinsey Institute and the Master's Institutes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the match.com partners with a great website to like pull algorithm data, data from dating sites. Mm-hmm. And they have a yearly like census that comes up about like dating trends and whatnot. We used a lot of information from that as well. Okay. Who's, uh, who's your favorite guests on the, uh, besides me, of course. Right. <laughs> uh, who, who are some of your favorite guests uh, that you got in the doc? Uh, Nina, she gave like one of the best interviews that made it into the movie. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she, besides the fact that she is a sweetheart, like one of the nicest people on the planet, uh, she's got so much personal experience and also like real world experience. Like she gave profound advice on sexuality, on relationships, on porn, on women, on men. Like she was just an amazing person to get to meet. And she also did the entire interview in pasties, which was kind of awesome. I remember that from the teaser trailer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was great. She was a phenomenal. I had her on the podcast recently. Her, as of, as of our recording, it comes out in two weeks, but you know, recorded it months ago. She was great. Ma- made out with her though. Hey, high five. There we go. She's great. She's awesome. <laughs> well, you got a blowjob from Sarah. No, not Sarah. No, you got a blowjob. Siri. Job. Siri. Um, right. who is retired. 
kind of. She doesn't shoot scenes anymore. And uh Dude, I would date a porn star in a heartbeat. I I'd have no problem with it. Yeah, like I'm when we talk I to know some for I I know a couple por- it within like my little like sex party community, there's uh some like former porn stars, current porn stars. There's a chick Riley Rays. Um she just moved to LA or something, but she was like in Paige's little like polycule of people and you know, she's done scenes with Nina Hartley or there's yeah. like a girl I know who um I, I don't want to say her name, but she used to do porn. She won some sort of like blowjob award or something like I think that's awesome. Like, well, well, when we talked to quite a few of the porn stars, like it sounded like some of their like relationships, like more romantic relationships mm-hmm. weren't going the best because I guess uh maybe some men think they want to be with porn stars, but they actually don't want to be with porn stars. Right. And I'm like, I'm what you can fuck as many people in your life as you wanted. As long as like you said with Paige, as long as like, just come home emo- and have pasta with me. Yeah. Man. As long as our emotional needs are met, like, yeah, it's cool. If you fuck other guys, yeah. could I maybe be around and watch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rocking dude, man. Um, voyeurism. Maybe that's my fetish. Voyeurism. Voyeurism's pretty fun. fucking hot. Voyeurism's fun. Uh, exhibitionism is also fun as well. Not so much into that. No, I know you are, Mister Body Paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just had a guy he like offered to pay me like two hundred dollars to watch Paige and I fuck. So I think I might take him up on that. Yeah, uh, sounds like a good two hundred bucks. Yeah, voyeurism's voyeurism. A lot of times, like I'll I'll hit up like ads with like a couple, and I'll be like, dude, I'm just down to watch, even if like. Because sometimes a couple's like, "Hey, I'm uh, like a Craigslist ad, and like we're, we're interested in having another person." I'd be like, "Hey, cool." When I, in my application, I go like, "Look, I'm cool with whatever y'all want to do. You I set have... the limits. Even if you end up not wanting me to play with her, and I'm just watching, I can do that. Like, I just, just want to be involved." Where the fuck do you find this shit on Craigslist? Because all the Craigslist. Craigslist stuff I find is like not real. That, or well, terrifying. you got don't do W4M. The key to Craigslist searching, if you're a straight dude, especially in New York City, is you're searching like. MW for M, MW for MM, W for MM, WW for M. Like you basically you you're not gonna find like one woman and just you that easily on Craigslist. Yeah, you're not gonna you find know? that anywhere on the internet. I, I, <laughs> I had a couple that worked out in college, uh Craigslist W for M's, but primarily they're bots, they're webcam ads, they're um sex worker ads. Yeah, no, I know. But yeah, and if you're like look to hang out with a couple or if a couple wants like a bunch of dudes. You can find a lot of stuff to apply to. All right. We'll have sure. to talk about that after the show. Yeah. I'd be interested. I, who, yeah. I'd watch a lady get fucked by a bunch of guys. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? You only live once. You only live once. Yo. Low. No. Uh, just say it fully. <laughs> <laughs> um, a- anything else you think people should know about you, dude? Uh, see this movie. I mean, obviously, yes. Yeah, yeah, CV see, card see when this, it's in a city near you, or like if you're in New York City and you want to see one of the test screenings, you know, e- is there an email that you want? Them? Yeah, please, uh, please go to www.vcardfilm.com. You mean www? Yeah, the three W's. Fun fact: you don't even need the W's anymore. Actually, yeah, you could just go to vcardfilm.com, and uh, we have links to our Facebook, our Twitter, mm. our stock Instagram. is going down on the letter W. It is, <laughs> but um. But yeah, like so please if you're listening to this, please actively <laughs> go out and like stuff. Be a part of Don't the Don't just like it in your brain. Just yeah. go click like. It helps. It really does help. It's uh it's logistically necessary, unfortunately, in the present landscape of social media. Is yeah, I hate we need you to also show people that you like it. I hate that that is a thing. Like I wish that you could just like something and be and tell your friends about it and that would be fine, but 
if we want to sell the movie and we do want to sell the movie, we fucking we have to have like if a, you live a, in South a, Dakota, so, a social presence. Mm-hmm. If you live in South Dakota and you want to see this movie, you need to help that. To help get it eventually to like a Netflix or to the theater. Absolutely. And yeah. the more people that we get on our, our Facebook and the more people we get on our Twitter, like the more, you know, the news that I'll update you on where we're going to be and what, you know, ideally we, we do get into a bunch of festivals mm-hmm. and you can maybe come out and see it. And obviously, hopefully one day we'll get on a Netflix or a Hulu or something yeah. like that. But we have to sell the movie first before that happens. Right. So was there, uh, I guess I have one other question is. Was there any pressure for you to remain a virgin while shooting this film? Or were you open to possibly losing it in the making of it and having that become part of the doc? A little bit. Like, there was... Was part of you kind of hoping, like, I hope I lose my virginity because that's a great ending? Yeah, like, it was. Like, it would have been a great ending, but uh, the movie's ending with me still being a virgin. Mm. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, But that is a much... I don't want to give it away, but the way it comes about is much better. Like ending as a virgin. It's not that fairy tale romance, you know, it's not, it's not that like, Oh, he found somebody to fuck him. It's like, no, I, I grew as a person and accepted myself as a person. Like, I think that's a much more profound ending than just getting my rocks off. But, uh, you have to see the rest of the movie to find Mm -hmm. out all the other details that happen in between. Right. Yeah, I I kept track like through uh, Facebook and just in talking to you, and you, you had some fun shit go down. So I'm excited to I'm I'm excited to see the movie soon, dude. Yeah, dude, me too. This I, is good times. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thank you, Dylan, for doing the show. No, um, thank you for recording me. You want to do like an extra level? We'll do like a little 15 minute little bonus content. Yeah, for sure. For the Absolutely. patron folk. Thank you, patrons. Yeah, you guys are awesome. All you all you money people. Um, stay tuned for his mini bonus episode. But for everyone else, why don't you say uh, goodbye to them? Bye, guys. Thank you again for listening to this. And please keep supporting Man Whore Podcast. It's one of my favorites. I listen to it all the time. So seriously, guys, uh, have a great day. Love you. Later. Okay, now try and tell me after hearing all of that, you don't want to see this documentary. I know I want to see the movie. I can't wait till it comes out. I want to see my pretty face on that big old screen. Um, and so, so please, like he said, it's actually important nowadays in the present, you know, uh, fi- financial Hollywood landscape for small independent films to have a following already. So be a part of that following so we can get this movie into festivals and into theaters so uh, more people can see this movie and, and hear the message. That's in it. So go on over to vcardfilm.com, sign up for his mailing list, follow him on social media. Uh, he's uh, at vcardfilm on all the places. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I'm on Twitter and Facebook at the Billy Presida. Uh, use the hashtag Manhor Podcast. Let me know what you thought about the show. And if you want to say something privately, you can send your comments, your questions, your booby pictures on over to manhorpod at gmail.com. Be a part of the conversation with your fellow fan whores on the Man Whore Podcast subreddit. Uh, for all you Reddit people, that's r slash man podcast. Now I'm going to close us out with a teaser clip from uh, the mini bonus episode with Dylan that I'm releasing tomorrow exclusively to my $4 and up fan whores on Patreon. Uh, in it, where we, he shares about a story about a, his seven getting shut down as a seven-year-old. And we also uh, venture into the topics of online dating uh, and messaging etiquette. So stick around for that, and uh, I'll see y'all next week. Stay safe.
and stay slutty. And then uh, in high school, there was a girl who I could have potentially lost my virginity to, but she fucked me over as well. Like, oh, shit. It, like, I've had some, like, just bad luck with women in the past. Uh, and so I made out with her for a little bit. What was, tell me more about that chick. Um, she was, uh, <laughs> so we kind of had a little bit of a crush and we were going back and forth and it looked like it could have been a relationship and it like could potentially been like my first girlfriend sort of situation. Uh, but I came to find out that she was having sex with our drama teacher's husband. <laughs> 